Hello, this is Daniel Mounter from the podcast Englishman in Montreal. On this bright but extremely cold morning, I'm coming to you with episode two of season five of my regular podcast. This one is part of my Bedecker series where I go through places I've visited in the UK or that I recommend for a visit from those who are perhaps wanting to have a more in-depth experience of my birthland. In this episode I'm going to look at the city of York. It's a natural follow-on from the last podcast where I looked at the North Yorkshire Moors region of England. And York City as a whole I found was a more interesting place to visit even than London, which might be a hard thing to grasp. But I'm hoping during this podcast I'm going to be able to perhaps go into a bit more detail about why I believe it merits a visit equally as much as London, if not more. So why particularly York? As already said, it um, it follows on quite nicely from the Yorkshire Moors area. If you're doing a round tour of England, it would be a logical place to stay or to base yourself whilst looking at the east or northeastern part of the country. It's a very easy road and rail trip. The old Great North Road, formerly a Roman road, is now the A1, and that gives pretty rapid road links from the rest of the country, especially north and south of the city. It's situated in a flat plain, so it's not uh, not a difficult place to access. And um, one of my other reasons for recommending York is that it's uh, very much a rail town, so a rail trip is a very real possibility. The, um, the main station gives great links to the rest of the UK and services are usually quite rapid. Express services to London even and to Scotland. So it comes highly recommended as an accessible place to visit especially if you don't want the added hassle and responsibility of having a vehicle with you all the time. Um, Another reason I particularly wanted to feature York was it's a huge amount of history condensed into a really small city. You can easily walk around the most interesting parts of this city in a day if you're spending a long visit. Or you can take the uh, bus and boat tours if you want to behave like a regular tourist. Either way, you can get around the majority of the landmarks and enjoy them in less than 24 hours. So it's it's an easy one for a day trip or a quick visit or to enjoy it for a bit longer if you want to stay over there. It's also the fact that it's somewhat uh, hidden in terms of history when we compare it say to, to London. Um, I think mainly because of the way literature has portrayed the capital, but it's a little known fact that York was once the capital of England, and I am by no means a history buff, especially of the Civil War and the War of the Roses, 
and other important historical and royal events in the country's history. I'm definitely no buff when it comes to those. But that is one fact that I find fascinating, that York used to be the capital of England, and it still has a lot of the hallmarks of a fortified city, with a some somewhat isolated um, local history. I find also it's a friendlier place than London, by and large. In London, the odds are you ask somebody in the street for directions, and they're just as much a stranger as you. And people, in my experience at least, tended to be more insular in London. They tended to be a lot more freaking out. You can't just speak to a random stranger in London, and it's not even a good idea to make eye contact with them. Whereas up in the north, um, once you start getting past my hometown of Peterborough, you find that the locals tend to be somewhat more approachable, and York's definitely no exception to that. So specifically, I chose it for those reasons, but also it um, it came to mind with lots of pleasant reminiscences when I was uh, scanning some of my slides recently. I took a lot of pictures in York because it was one of the destinations that were comfortably in reach for a day trip rather than a stayover. So I used to take the train there quite often, and as a result, I have quite a lot of very nice pictures taken in and around the city. You have also the uh, the railway factor, which is a big draw for me, of course, and it links on quite well to um, somewhere very different, but nonetheless very topical in this series of podcasts, which I will mention at the end. Um, before I go any further with this podcast, I want to mention that some friends have provided very valuable constructive criticism and positive feedback for me lately. And I certainly want to incorporate as much of that as possible. I do want it to be known, and it's best to say it here rather than later, but I may reiterate it, of course. I do want it to be known that... Um, this podcast, by and large, is mostly made of my opinion and my observation. There's plenty of fact, and a lot of that is backed by research. But the podcast does reflect my opinion. It's not. Um, it's by no means an official guide to anything, whether that be medicine or tourism or travel. So with that disclaimer in mind... Um, I always welcome other people's opinions and I always welcome any kind of criticism provided it does at least support itself as constructive criticism and it offers a solution if I'm doing something wrong. Um, another thing that was mentioned was the possibility of having background music because the podcast is almost entirely listening to my voice and it's something I'm working on currently. At this juncture, it's not really possible because people listen to my podcast across a variety of platforms. So if I add in background music mixed from Spotify, it will mean the podcast is only possible to listen to on Spotify platform. And that is a limitation I'm not prepared to accept for my listeners. So for now, um, 
I will be looking at perhaps adding in some royalty-free music tracks. But let's resume the podcast for this particular episode. My um, podcasts, as mentioned, are written mostly as opinions or observations. So um, these Bedecca podcasts detailing visits to different places in the UK are written for really a non-domestic tourist and they're to enable people coming in from another country, for, for example, to enjoy it as a resident of the UK might enjoy it. Things that um, escape the more superficial tourism. So what is there to see and do within York? Um, what is there to see and um, actually take part in? And what activities can be done there which can't elsewhere? One of the first things that comes to mind when I'm thinking of York is to book as early as possible the bus tour. Not only do they employ local guides, uh, so you can get a good soundbite of the amazing Yorkshire accent and a lot of amusing things as well, little anecdotes and their personal connection to the city. Um, but the bus tour gives you an idea of exactly how quickly you can get around on foot and see all the big landmarks. Um, strictly speaking, taking a bus tour means that you can easily get between all the many museums and exhibits that there are in the city in a very short space of time. Um, but they do have horse and carriage trips, which is pretty much of a tourist trap. I wouldn't recommend those as it uh, really doesn't offer an authentic uh, historical experience, at least not compared to what's available in other things I'm going to detail in a bit of time. There is also the river tour, which is uh, highly recommended because it gives you a very different view of the city and uh, the commentary isn't as intrusive. It's a much more chilled and relaxed way to see a different side of the city that you might not get from Google Street View or from taking the bus tour, even from wandering around on foot for a long time. So those two things, the boat and the bus trip, do come recommended, although you're probably recommended to book up online in advance and make sure that uh, you get a good place on board. It's uh, very much a touristy thing to do, but uh, in the case of York, I would actually recommend that. As already mentioned, though, the city is quite compact. You can, for the most part, you can walk around the historic part of York and see the bigger landmarks without getting too much mileage in on your shoes. I would strongly recommend that from the point of view that if you want to drop off in a pub or pay a visit to a museum or anything like that, it's a lot easier if you're on foot than if you're having to request a specific stop on the bus. And also you have the ability to wander around with your camera, which for me is a big positive thing. Um, there are quite a lot of York's little tiny streets, which, as well mentioned, are not accessible by car in fact. Some of them are too small 
or they've been pedestrianized. So it's a good idea to bring really good shoes and to have in mind that you're probably going to have to do some serious walking, but you will be able to take in the majority of the city in one day on foot. Now, moving on to one of the biggest things about York, as a former capital of the UK, it's absolutely loaded with museums. And there is a museum pretty much for everyone's taste there too. There are museums which um, highlight the industry of the city, especially the confectionery. And one of those uh, museums is the Roundtree Museum. You can't actually go into the modern production plant for hygiene reasons, obviously. But the Roundtrees of York is a famous confectioner who uh, is very proud of the heritage. And they've made great efforts to produce a working museum based around their product and their business. For those who are very fond of sweets, then York is definitely a good place to start on a pilgrimage to the inventors of sweets and candies with uh, Roundtrees and Cadbury's, just two of the, um, the Yorkshire companies that started producing those things and in fact inspired Charlie and the Chocolate Factory among many other pieces of kids literature. There are some very interactive museums as well. One of those is Jorvik, which explores the um, the Viking cultural history of York and details a lot about the civilization that was brought by the Vikings. It's not all about plunder and pillage and longboats and men with hairy faces. So that is a valuable experience it's not just a boring museum with exhibits in glass cases it's a very much a five senses experience including the smells that have been recreated for a viking village i'd strongly recommend that but also to book online for that because it was or is extremely popular Another museum that many people are going to enjoy is the Castle Museum, which includes a complete uh, recreated ancient street, which has all the shop fronts, very Dickensian. It has all the shop fronts, but also quite a considerable amount of the shop interiors in a periodic style. And some of the shops are functional. You can actually buy sweets from candy store and this entire street you can walk around and doesn't take a big stretch of the imagination to place yourself back in a much more gentle and historic time that is if you're into museums and as York does tend to get quite a bit of rain it's not atypical for England in that sense I would recommend that you plan at least one visit to a museum and from that you can actually escape the elements of course the castle museum has in addition an ancient remain of Clifford's Tower from which you can actually look out over the surrounding city it gives great panoramic views of the city and you can take an interactive tour of that or you can just experience it for yourself and um, the views are quite something else from 
Clifford's Tower. And from there you can actually plan out your own tour of the city because you can see more or less everything that you want to get to. I would recommend also to um, pay a visit to the magnificent York Minster which is an amazingly beautiful cathedral. It is somewhat hidden by the rest of the city but it can be seen when you're approaching from the west side of the city and it presents an extremely beautiful spectacle in the sunset especially. If possible try to get to York early in the morning though and to have a wander around in the gardens around York Minster. As you come up little side streets um, you can easily project yourself back in time to when there was no traffic and when these magnificent buildings really were the dominant thing even in major cities. So the cathedral is another thing to, to call in on. Make sure if you're on a walking tour as well to take in as many of the crazy place names or street names that you can find around York and I'm not going to do a spoiler by listing them all here but try to look into the history without going online of Whitmer Watmer Gate which is a tiny little street um, you will have it explained if you take the bus tour and also of course it can be googled but I'd recommend to find that out for real life and maybe take a picture in front of some of the more wacky street names there. Finally, other things to do there would include a really good pub crawl. York definitely is not short of any of those particular institutions and it has a rich variety of Tudor buildings, some of which serve as pubs to this day. So I'd strongly recommend those for a really good experience and the family friendly one too because it's not really a city which prides itself on nightlife but if you want the genteel experience of sipping a cold brew in a beer garden or in a building from the 1500s I would strongly recommend to enjoy some of the pubs and beer gardens that York has a plenty. Is there anything to be aware of when you're going through York? It's not really a city that big lovers of giant metropolises would like. It doesn't have the same vibe, the same pace, or the same excitement necessarily that London or any other big capital city would have. And that's actually one of the reasons that recommends it for me. It's it just leaves you at the end of maybe a short visit instead of feeling exhausted feel, feeling more in touch with your history and with a previous more gentle time for that reason it may be something that those who like big shopping malls or designer names or big city bustle to avoid or just to factor into plans to visit somewhere a bit bigger and as mentioned already you've got to be very careful to pack the right shoes because you're almost guaranteed to have a fair bit of walking you could also bike around York though 
some of the streets are quite steep as it's built mostly on a hill and that could be quite a challenging way to get around. If you've come on the train, however, I would strongly recommend to walk around, just wear a good pair of running shoes and dress appropriately for the weather, of course. Do I have any take-homes from the city of York? They've more or less been summarised um, previously during this cast. It's a very chilled place, much more laid back and friendly, and a lot less common than London, where the experience of a big city is kind of become very homogenized throughout the world. It's very similar, regardless of the history behind it. In York, the history isn't all tucked away somewhere because you're walking through the history all the time. And yes, there are lots of museums, including the gigantic National Railway Museum, which is a day visit in itself because of the sheer mileage. But for uh, those who love a smaller place, where history is poking out of every corner. For railway lovers, for nature lovers, York is a beautiful place to visit, especially at this time of the year when the daffodils seem to break out much earlier than anywhere else in the UK. That's one of the best things about York is the natural world has been incorporated pretty well in the historical aspect. So although People have left a very bloody trace on the history of that particular part of the world. Nature beautifies it every time, every springtime. Um, the whole city erupts in yellow, and especially around the old city walls, you can see absolute crowds of daffodils at this time of the year. So it would be a good time to plan an impromptu visit not taking too long, maybe a couple of days in that beautiful city during February or March. This has been episode number two out of season five featuring the city of York and for the next one we're going to move to a much flatter area, one about which I have an awful lot of knowledge, therefore I've had to cherry pick a lot to try to make it more interesting as a podcast. And that's going to be the mysterious Fenland region of the UK. Specifically, if you want to read up any more on these, I am actually going to be starting a blog which will contain not only transcripts of these podcasts, but a collection of photos of each place to just bring a bit more life to these monologues, make them a little more interesting, I hope. So look forward to hearing your feedback as always, and your opinions also on these shorter episodes, which will be mixed in with my journalistic episodes. So this has been Daniel Mounter from the podcast Englishman in Montreal. Thank you for listening.